Hello, my friends. I am so, so excited. It is season three. And this episode is super, super exciting. You guys know I am your host, Jazz Like the Music, or Little Mother, whichever one you prefer. Um, you guys can follow me on Instagram at L-I-L dot M-U-V-A. And you know, you can always support this podcast by listening, sharing it with a friend, screenshotting it, and tagging me in it, or just messaging me. You guys know my favorite thing to say is there's no such thing as a stranger. So, mm, stay updated on my Instagram and on my website, which is Mother Knows, M-U-B-A-K-N-O-W-S dot com. So, I really, really want to just go ahead and get straight into this episode, mainly because you guys are going to hear about traveling, hearing about, you know, how you can form a community. You're going to hear about activism, about grieving at work. And it's just like, I can go on and on. But I'm just going to go ahead and get into it, you guys. All right, you guys already know. I love for my guests to go ahead and introduce themselves. So go ahead and have the spotlight. What up, though? This is your guy, C. Grimy. C. Gutter Grimy representing East Chattanooga 423 all day. Thanks for even asking. I am an artist, an arts educator, and a community activist. Uh, I'm just a black man and coming from the dirty South, man, trying to make it. You hear me? <laughs> I think everybody wants to know we gotta know where did your name c grimy come from i have to know that's a that's an interesting it's an interesting uh thing how it happened so i was about i sipped a drink i was about uh 14 15 and uh it was this after school it was a summer program with the city and uh working with the sanitation department and uh which they need to bring back, bring back that summer program, uh, Mayor uh, Tim <laughs> Kelly and, and whoever else got the power. Uh, but yeah, and so I had my little coverall, my little dicky suit, and I used to come <laughs> home. I used to, you know, get on the carter, get off the carter, and I'd be like uh, dirty and dusty. And uh, this old head, he'd be like, "What up, grimy? Hey, grimy, y'all need to get like grimy. Grimy ain't scared to get grimy to get a, get that paper." <laughs> And so everybody started calling me Grimy in the neighborhood. And, uh, you know, just stuck. And C is, you know, my first name, Cameron. So C dash Grimy, Cameron is Grimy. You heard me? So, you know, I've just, it's, it's been ever since. It kind of just like stuck. Kind of like you? stuck. Yeah. Everybody started calling me Grimy. And I just, like, yeah, I like that shit. You know, like, it's, and it's an oxymoron because I try to stay clean. You know, <laughs> I got my, I got my Dennis Rodman P. Long shirt on. You know, me, R.I.P. Virgil. Uh, but, you know, What's so funny is when I heard your name and I learned more about you, I thought it was like an, and y'all, I'm bad with certain grammar. Y'all know that. 
I thought it was an oxymoron. You know, when people say like, mm-hmm. it's cold as hell. I thought it was like, see grimy. Cause you know, grimy is kind of like shysty yeah, doing shy-sty, something. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, this man s- does slick. so much that I was like, I maybe his name is a conversation starter. That too, that my whole, my whole image, if you will, is a conversation starter. You know what I mean? I, I have a blessed to be in these circles where I'm rubbing elbows with corporate people, decision makers, big wigs, if you will. And, you know, I don't, I don't come with no slacks and no button up, no suit. I dress how we dress, where we from. My hair is, is nappy and then matted up in locks, free forms. And I mean, I wear, I, I wear my J's and my, 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 my Nikes, but you know, I got all the tools that you would see with a motherfucker in a suit. You know what I'm saying? So, Okay. My whole my whole image is a conversation starter. How how dare he walk up into this corporate meeting uh, with his with his jeans and his and his and his sneakers? On. <clears throat> but what does that really mean? I'm not into appropriation and and uh, joining in to assimilation. Assim- I'm not into assimilation and assimilating to the culture like they made our black brothers and sisters our ancestors and, and, you know, even our Native American ancestors, you know what I'm saying? Fuck that. Mm-hmm. Be who you are Get the, as long as you get the job done. It's crazy because I was just talking about, um, I was just talking about this in another episode about the selfish black man. And I don't know if you heard that episode. I did. That's, that's the, actually the first one I listened to. Mm-hmm. Shout out. And he was talking about, we both were like trying to get into how when you walk into a room, especially as a black person, you're going to be judged. You never know or anything like that. So it's amazing how no matter what, because, okay, side note, everybody knows I change my hair as much as I want to. I love that about myself because I am versatile. But I do know with certain hairstyles, I get treated differently and mm. with certain stuff. So with my natural hair is curly. Mm-hmm. So when I have curly hair, I know for a fact I can go into a corporate office and everything. Everybody's like, oh, my God, you know, bubbly, this and that. But let me go with my my twist. Mm. It's a little bit different. I remember it was, Mm. there's not that many jobs, y'all, I have ever kind of got denied for. And I don't want to say denied or rejected, but it was like I knew when I walked in, I did not get the job. I don't want to say the place or anything like that. But I I did have a twist. Drop the name. And it was, I never went into a place and I was just like, why did I come here? I really want to walk out of the interview because it's not that serious stuff. You know, like it was was it something they said or was it the vibe? It was it was from the first thing I knew was one, I applied online. Mm-hmm. Two, there was a sign that says hiring inside. And then when I asked the manager, he said, No, we are not hiring. And I knew, but before he even came, the vibe, I was like, I looked around, I said, Oh my God, this is weird. But and that's the thing, my I'm an empath. I'm a I I swear, if you knew me, I'm very sensitive. So it was just like coming right why am i walking into this room because one thing i say is it's important to notice how you feel when you walk in and when you leave out mm. even with a person so it's like it was weird and so i love the fact that you don't want to you don't adapt it's just like take me or leave me leave me accept it or what it is like that's on you and, and don't get me wrong i've paid my dues and put in the work to get to this point my brothers and my sisters i understand sometimes you got to play the game you got to throw in that button up that that skirt that dress, you know what I'm saying? You got to pull your hair back. You know what I mean? You got to put on your white voice on your phone interview. I, I played the game and I played it very well, but 
I paid the dues so I could walk through doors looking like I look. So hopefully a lot of young brothers and sisters behind me can do the same, even to the point where, you know, it's destigmatized and those stereotypes evaporate eventually. Mm. Are you born and raised here? Pretty much. I'm born in Clarksville, Tennessee, man. Raised in Chattown. Stop. Yeah, man. Clarks, Vegas, uh, Birchwood to be exact, yes. man. Right off Tiny Town Road, man. Yes. My hood. I went to Austin P State University. Okay, Austin P, big years. shout out. Let's go P. <laughs> Let's go P. <laughs> I literally went there for two years in 2014. Yeah, man, the country, country, man. Shout out uh, Guthrie, all, the Kentucky side, all my country cousins from Guthrie. <laughs> so, shout out to the Gear Roy, the only turn up there. <laughs> yeah, the only turn up there, but which probably was my cousin, uh, Monty, was probably throwing the parties back then. Right? Probably so, because yeah. that name sounds too that's, familiar, that's and bad. I don't know many Monty. Monty, that's, go get her, man. Big crazy. shout out, Cuzzo. Putting, putting the parties down for two decades. I promise you, because that's the only thing that was going on there. Only thing that was popping. <laughs> but, like, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, we came to chat when I was, you know what I'm saying, super small, younger than my daughter. Well, they're they getting old now. Uh, still grade school age, you know what I mean? So I was, mm -hmm. that's where I was formulated. Same. Born and raised here. I left off for, I left off for a while, but it's just like. What's that you from? <laughs> My mom lived everywhere, but Bonnie Oates. Bonnie we stayed Oates, literally in Bonnie Oates. And then after that. Bonnie Oates 58. She stayed uh, Avondale now okay. in that area. And then. East chat, baby. You get what I'm saying? She love. I'm not gonna lie. My mom love East chat for some reason. It's I guess the best. because it, she always say, "I feel at home." I'm like, black people, you know what I mean? For the most part, you know, some youngers cutting up, man, like we was back in the day. But for the most part, man, just working class people trying to make it. We gotta learn. You know what I mean? Yeah. We gotta learn. What's your favorite thing about chat? Like, uh, my favorite thing about chat is the the, the people. The scenery, the room for growth, um, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, it's home. It's home. We all got a special bond to home. But, uh, you know, the scenery, this is beautiful outdoors. You got a little bit of urban uh, infrastructure, and you got a little bit of, you got a lot of bit of the scenic city, the 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 outdoors agriculture, you got hiking, you got the mountains, you got the river, you got all that beautiful sunsets and shit, the hills, the valleys and all that good shit. Um, and when I say the room for growth, you know what I mean? We still in the dirty South where economically, man, if you make it some money, you know what I mean? You got opportunity to get you an American dream, but at, at just like everywhere else, they, they, the powers that be and the, and the elites is trying to make it hard. You know what I mean? This ain't, ain't nowhere to rent or buy barely the prices are skyrocketing the wages fucking suck but you know what i mean i've been a true hustler for all my life and i've hustled a, in a, a, all the corners of america and if you got some hustle about you this is one spot where you can make some waves get some resources and make some change you know what you i'm saying really you really can and that's what i'm trying to do man i'm trying to uh this this uh you know what i mean I'm, i love making that new york that florida that cali money <laughs> Uh, but this is going to be the headquarters forever in a day. Uh, we just got to move in a progressive direction when it comes to economics, when it comes to civics, when it comes to a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? But, you know what I mean? My favorite part of all that mix, mixed in is, is my favorite part about chat. And, you know, the, the, the willingness to grow, too. Motherfuckers from chat, you know what I'm saying? 
you know what I mean, that got some brains on in, in their school, the the willingness to to be able to grow. I've seen that a lot where you don't see, that's you know true. what I'm saying? I know that's some motherfuckers so true. in Cali, New York, they are who they are. That's who they're going to be. But, you know, chat, you know, the willingness to be made new, if you will. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which, side note, y'all, this song, Fancy, is one of my favorite hey. songs on his album. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting over here on the video. I'm sitting here bobbing because she's playing my dough. I, yeah, just have, my shit, I just have to say that. I have to throw that out there. Like, it's on his album, No Carpets. But y'all, this is my song. This is a mood. This is something you really got to smoke to or drink to or something like that. Yes, ma'am. Appreciate that. <laughs> but no, one thing I have noticed... Um, is the creative scene in Chattanooga. Word. So when I left off, the creative scene, well, maybe, maybe because I haven't, like, when I left off at 17, I didn't know exactly, like, what was going on. I didn't even know I was into this creative stuff. I didn't know the outlets or anything like that. Mm. So when I moved back, it's just, like, a whole different world now because, like, this is my thing. So I this used to be my thing, you know, in Murfreesboro, but not here, so realizing coming back here is like start with a blank canvas and i kid you not the amount of people i hear all the time is ridiculous the amount of people i see all the time is ridiculous it's like everybody support each other everybody's like super it's a community here yeah and it blows my mind most definitely i, I think again it has to deal with you know if this is a place where if you can find you a decent place to rent a decent place to buy you can work a job and a half and if you're if you're really about that entrepreneur, creative hustle life, you can you can work on your craft, you can work on your creative outlet, you can work on even your hobby. You know what I'm saying? And and be a creative, and still kind of maneuver uh, without breaking break yourself all the way to the bone to make a make a living. If uh if if you're blessed, um, and and you know that spirit of Chattanooga is it's always been a place where. You kind of got to make something out of nothing. We've been blessed to have some of the most creative thinkers and and innovative outlets and 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 organizations start up right here in Chattanooga or people from Chattanooga. Man, uh, we got and, and you you gotta you gotta use your surroundings, man. A, a, a real hustler is gonna use you know the the, the lay of the land to to help him or her elevate them or they elevate uh you know what i'm saying uh you know we we got the we got the gig we got the the epb gigabyte internet man you got to get on that shit and use that to your advantage if you're a, a content creator if you're a gamer a streamer if you're a, if you're an artist use that to your advantage you know what i'm saying uh we got all this scenery we got all this uh beautiful backdrops all these murals we got all of these arts organizations uh but yeah man it's a it's a lot of creative juices man and i and i think uh us being a a central area in the south you know we right here uh below north and south carolina we right here connected to kentucky georgia alabama and we like the connecting states yeah like the you know what i'm saying you know like what i mean we like one of those you know we right in between memphis and nashville and atl so it's a lot of creativity passing through and stopping stopping on and dropping off uh you know what i mean so yeah that's the, i think that's how that all comes about 
And uh, it's something, it, it might be something in this little area of the Tennessee River, something in the water. So, okay. I got two questions. But the first one is, besides Clarksville, have you lived anywhere else? Oh, yeah. Uh, I done been all, all, all a lot of these <laughs> little states, these little points on the map. Uh, Mark your locations. Where you been at? Okay, so let's say uh, 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 North Carolina, New Bern, Raleigh area, uh, South Carolina, Buford, uh, 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 Georgia, Savannah, um, Chattown, of course, the headquarters. Uh, New York, New York, New York, New York, New York City. Queensbridge, Jamaica, Queen, uh, <laughs> Texas, San Antonio, Texas. Uh, and man, when I was getting my jug on, man, doing that delivery service, man, you know, Ohio, man, was was the spot, man. I mean, they getting it, they was getting it in at Ohio. Uh, shout out Dayton, Youngtown, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Chattanooga, sister city. It's really a lot of history between Cincinnati, Ohio, and Chattanooga because of the train station. Is a big connecting city, so you know we did a lot of commerce, a, a lot of family and, and business connection with Cincinnati and Chattanooga. If you don't know, look that up. Okay, look. Yeah, I gotta interrupt you real quick because y'all don't know, but anybody who know me super super personally know that when it comes to history, uh -huh. okay, when, you know when you're in school, you got to learn certain subjects. The smartest subject I ever been in is science. I am a science girl. I can tell you the ups and downs, the ups and downs, backs and forth about everything, right? Okay. This one um, subject I used to just be kind of average or maybe a low B was history. And the only reason why I sucked in history is because how they tell it was different. It depends on emotions and mm. the way they word it is always different on the test. There's no way you could put the exact thing, you know, it's just, it's complicated, right? So only history that can make me i don't know if you remember me saying i only pay attention to what i pay attention to which is the stuff that like grabs me you know really get me so when it comes to like history it got to relate to me i love women's history i love black history mm -hmm. and i love where i'm at i'm in chattanooga so i love chattanooga history mm. and when i tell you chattanooga history is it's something where it's to the point where i can be driving and like like the ridgeway is like my favorite thing to look at even though the, the history here is is crazy as well but it's like it's something i just want to know like we're gonna get into that part because i want you to talk more about yourself before we get into this even Word. the history when it comes to the reed house Word. i would never step foot into the reed house Go and it's, it's 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 we'll yeah on the back here. yeah, yeah. Fucking, and uh, it blew here, my yeah. it blew my homegirl's mind when i told her about it Okay, this is my second favorite song. I meant to tell you that. <laughs> Y'all, this is Rockstar. <laughs> Appreciate um, that. Rockstar, no carpets. Go, go scream that right now. Right now. But, like, when it comes to, like, all that, it blew my mind that you say um, Cincinnati has, like, connected, like, yeah. history and everything, like, with it. Because I would have never guessed that it has, this, you know. Hell yeah. But when it comes to the train stations and everything like that. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And then, you know, luckily I've been out and I've been able to see a lot of the, the map too, man. Uh, Texas. Brothers and sisters are winning down there in Dallas, Houston, uh, Oakland. I love the Bay. So, you know, those are some places I really ain't lived, but got to spend some time in. Got some plugs out in the Bay. Shout out my plug, man. I love you, brother. We love a plug. Yes. Cut we are the socket. Yes. Uh, <laughs> 
Southern Cal, man, LA, San Diego, man, New Mexico, Arizona. They doing it real big over there. There's some pockets with some browners or black people doing doing big things. Uh and shout out all my amigos in South America, man. Uh all my Guatemalan brothers and sisters, man, that, that live on my block with me right now over in East Lake. And uh, you know what I mean? All of my amigos back home and Mexico, Guatemala, uh had some great times over across the border. Uh, yeah, man, yeah. Uh I've only running. Okay, look, I'm a free spirit. I love traveling. That's why I wanted to ask you, like, where are like yeah, have you mostly been? lived in the dirty south, but been able to touch a lot of a lot of the map, especially in this North American side. <laughs> Cause like, okay, this is the real question. So when mm. you moved or traveled or whatever like that, has it been spared a moment or everything pretty much been planned? Are you a mixture? What is it? Mixture. Uh, my pops had a job working on uh, aircrafts and and, and uh, military where he moved and shit. Uh, so I split time with my moms and pops. So we would chat was the headquarters, and then when I was pops, we would be wherever, uh, mostly on the East Coast. But uh, when I was a young man, uh, just to keep it frank, my plug put me on. We made a little bit of money, and uh, what I did with my money was go travel. And uh, I would. That's smart. Hell yeah, I That's was really I was eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and I would have them racks, and I would wake up and let's say. Let's say Green Bay would be playing Chicago. I'd be like, well, fuck it. We're going to Chicago today. We're going to see the game, get some good pizza, some deep dish, chill a couple days in the motherfucking Marriott, and then we'll go uh, back to the crib. And, uh, you know, being young and and not having many responsibilities and being able to live like that was really cool. Uh, And I suggest my young folk listening, or even my people who – have older kids, don't got no kids or uh, whatever. Get the fuck out and travel, man. Be sporadic and spontaneous and see at least the co- co- corners of our country, you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, that was one of the coolest times I think, of my adult life. Um, In my young adult life. I'll say one thing. I think traveling is important, like you said. I agree because it's not even about just being, it's not about showing that you're traveling. It's not about like posting about it. It's about getting a whole new outlet yeah. like of life, a different perspective and everything like that. And so. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bad about taking pictures now. I try to be, people think I take a lot of pictures, but man, I'll be in some moments. It, it's hard. Where some it's, shit be going down that the grand will go crazy for it, but I'll be, I be in the moment. It's it, my favorite moments aren't on my social media. Like it'd be the like it's just like okay, let me go ahead and take this. But like my favorite moments, like me going to Canada, I don't have that on my Instagram. I barely have any pictures. Not no Instagram pictures that I would normally post mm-hmm. when I go. Like you know, something. Post kinda, up with the post because it be you so be you, you be so in the moment. So be like, in the moment, and it's like that's why it's important to travel because it's even like this one moment that I, um, I've i talked about before on my previous podcast with Madam Joe Hill and Hill Out, we was talking about like death, not to put the moment like that. You guys know I'm healed over it, but it was um, traveling. Okay. I was telling her how with that episode, I literally 
I was here and I had a homegirl take me to Atlanta just for literally 24 hours. That was it. Because that moment, before then, I was crying. I didn't know what to do. Because I, everybody beforehand, because this happened last year. And before then, I didn't know. Like, okay, what do I, how do I act or whatever. So the thing is, um, the people who don't know that episode, to give you a brief about it. I didn't find out that my sister had died until the day before the funeral because everybody was scared about my feelings. Damn. And so I went there and I was just torn up. I was crying so much. It was just... And that moment, I realized, like, oh, my God, when everybody, anybody has told me previously about death, I'm like, I get you, I get you, because I'm an empath, but I didn't get them. I felt them, but I didn't get them. Yeah. I didn't have them with both hands. I had them with one hand. When I had both hands, I felt my life shatter. And I was just like, it's crazy because I blamed myself. And I, you know, it took so many, it took so long. So the next day, and that day, I didn't know how to call out of work. I never called, uh, huh, hey, um, do I need a note? They're like, no. <laughs> the next day I go to work, face puffy, couldn't oh, wear my lashes, y'all. I didn't know what to you do. You went to work the day after your because sister's funeral? All my family's crying. What do I do? I need I need something. All right, let me go to work. Black people learn learn how to grieve. Take a day. And, that black, is, and black people take take use your PTO, take a day please, calling people. Please. And that is I don't look, man. Please. Shout out to my job. I love them very much. I love what I do for nine to five. But man, they they them folks know. See, Grimey, if he ain't feeling good, he ain't coming. Please take take his I advice. don't work on Martin Luther King Day. I don't work on Malcolm X Day, which is May 14th, his birthday. Uh, I don't. <laughs> because it, it took, I think it took moments like that. It took too big of moments for me to learn that lesson. So my friend, the one that took me in Atlanta, my mom had came today. I mean, it came a couple, uh, an hour before she see my face. She knew that friend. She was like, you need look after her. My friend's like, uh-uh. She told the boss, I'm going to take her. She can't. She's based out. Because everybody know I'm the hardest worker. I know. There's nobody who work on the same level as me. And mm. I say that confidently. Mm. And so with that being said, she was like, no, go ahead and go. She took me to Atlanta. I'm literally throwing stuff in the back. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just whatever. I go to Atlanta. I spend time with her family. Because I, the only reason I went to work is because everybody in my family is sad. Mm. I wanted to be around something, but I didn't know. Mm. Like, what else am I being around that's happy? So went to Atlanta for just 24 hours, came back. I was a new person. And it wasn't even that I was over my grief. I wasn't. But I just needed a new environment. I just needed to see, even though Chattanooga in Atlanta, it could, if you look at it in a certain point of view, it could be the same thing. If yeah. you want to look at it that way. But if you want to look at it as two different cities, it can be that way too. You know what I'm saying? Some people say, if you're not traveling more than two hours, you're not out of town. Some people say, hey, if you're traveling 20 minutes, you're out of town. So it, it's how you want to look at it. Mm. So then, with that being said, like he said, travel. Even if it's just 30 minutes. Even if it's just, you know, longer than that. Because I swear to you, that was the that trip is probably the only reason why I got over my grief the way I did. I was saying about like you know having to just you know get out the city just for a different outlet just to figure out I guess like what's best for you sometimes and just get a new perspective of life in that moment you know like I was telling y'all that was during a, like a death 
for me to realize that moment because I've, I've always been a traveler. I've always been that person who free spirit, like literally I'll go to what Nashville for like a day. I do. I love day trips. I do them all the time. Let me be out for it. I'm going. But with that being said, I did talk about like in the healing heal out episode about therapy. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about therapy? Yeah. Uh, therapy is needed. For most, especially black men, black women, get some therapy. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's kill the stigmas behind therapy. I'm in therapy right now, and I fucking love it. Okay. Uh, shout out my therapist, and uh, shout out my group therapy with with a group of uh, young black men sharing thoughts about navigating through this America. With some some cats from uh, here in chat, and a, and a group of cats from Boston. Sharing oh, thoughts and similarities on how it is, you know, because a lot of people think, you know, you go out west, you go up north, and racism is just nah, it's just it just look different. Mm-hmm. You might not see the the Confederate flags and the, the rednecks, but it's still a lot of oppression, still a lot of exclusion, mm-hmm. you know, for black people uh, all across this country. But um, but yeah, um. Just seeing different, like you said, perspective. Life is about perspective and being able to to touch different spots. You'll, you'll see a different perspective. So if y'all haven't noticed, he's the jack of all trades. So <laughs> he does a lot. He basically is an activist, a host, an artist. And it's almost like disrespectful for me to even like just name the few. Because even if we start naming, I feel like me and him, will forget something that he does. So I just want you to just elaborate. And I really, really, really want you to talk about first about how you stay consistent with everything too, especially with everything that you got going on. It's easy to drop off. When it comes to the artistry, it's because I love it, you know, and and I love that motherfuckers want to pay to see me do my thing. And so that's beautiful. Uh, but now working with... Um, Different artists, different uh, promoters, different venues is a blessing. So, you know, it's easy to stay consistent as when it comes to performing because I love it. I love to share my story, my perspective. Um, It's been a little bit harder to create for me when it comes musically. Until recently, man, I went through a little bit of writer's block just because there was so much going on in life, period, man, in general for all of us. The pandemic, you know, I lost some close relatives to COVID. How did you get over the writer's block? Uh, getting into a place where I had uh, some space, some happiness, some some peace. Um, got Got some of my favorite things around me. You know, watch some of my favorite cartoons, <laughs> smoke some of the best weed from California, just in a relaxed state and uh, and, and had some more experiences. You know, uh, my my artwork has always been fueled off of the, my experiences and those close to me. So having new experiences and then, you know, being in a good place to articulate those is was what got me out of the writer's block. Uh, so do you got like a certain time that you are more creative morning, night, um, like just random? 
it's random, but anybody who's in the literary field, if you write songs, poems, scripts, books, uh, whatever it is that you're writing with words, I challenge you to, first thing when you wake up, first thing when you wake up, take a pee, rinse your mouth out, <laughs> and go sit down and write. And don't let the pen or pencil, whatever you prefer to write with, don't let it uh, leave the paper. Just write a whole page, front and back, as mm-hmm. soon as you wake up. soon as you wake up, when your brain is rested and fresh, I challenge you to do that, right? I would, and it doesn't matter. No structure, just right, just right, just right, just right. And you're gonna come up with some ideas, some plans, some some thoughts, some bars, you know, whatever it may be. Just do it. I challenge you. Okay, look, and I, it's crazy. He said that one of my first journals ever, and look, I'm trying to look for it in my book pile, but it's probably in this. My first journal ever. And it's actually on my Instagram. I posted about it. I My main goal about that journal, which it did have different, you know, stuff in there. It had when I first started writing. It had poems. It had journal prompts. It had just ideas, whatever, whatever. Now, nowadays, I have different journals for everything, which this is my journaling through life episode. I definitely talk about all that in there. But now I'm more organized when it comes to my journals, right? But with that first journal, I kid you not, even with this journal I have now, that's just my just my thoughts. But let's talk about the first one. When it comes to my first one, I kid you not, I write. One of my main rules is you're not allowed to read, read like what you um, wrote already. So mm-hmm. say, for instance, I write a paragraph. Mm-hmm. If I walk away, go to the bathroom and come back, I'm not allowed to read, read that paragraph. Keep writing. Start where you at, like mm-hmm. what my mind is. Mm-hmm. Also, one of my rules, I can't read back. Even if it's the next day, I'm not going to read back, no, nothing. I read back around that time of the year because I really want to know how much I've grown. Mm-hmm. It, I don't, you don't see that day by day. You barely see the week by week. And only if you pay attention, you see the year by year. Mm. So I've always wanted to see how my mind space is different around the time of the year because I'm an emotional being. So I'm going to talk about my emotions all the time. So one of the things I did I write. I have so many journals. Majority of this stuff is journals. And it's just like, it's ideas. I text myself. I send voice messages to myself. Even with when it comes to like my feelings and my journals, whatever like that, I'll be driving. I'll be like, all right, Jazz, you're anxious. Voice recording. Send it to myself. Jazz, you're anxious because why are you anxious? I talk to myself because it's like, sometimes you really have to talk to yourself to get through your feelings. Mm-hmm. Just like you talk to other people. Just like you write to yourself. And I don't, I'm going to be honest, I don't like texting myself. I'd rather send a voice message mm. because I'd rather voice it out. Like, I'd rather talk because me writing, I mean, me sending a text is not the same. Me writing, yes. I love to write. Pencil to pen to paper. To, uh, it's a feeling where when people told me when I was younger that I think it was like hand-eye coordination or whatever, I can get it. Mm. Okay. Use those terminologies against me. It's a lot of terminology y'all use against me that I'm just now grasping today. It's like you can lead, and I say this all the time now. This is my third time saying this on my podcast. You can lead a horse to water, mm. but you, you got to think about it. You can't make them drink it. Mm. Oh, but my parable. 
But what if the horse ain't thirsty right now? Mm. It's probably thirsty in 15 minutes. Or maybe it drunk before you seen it drink. Mm. Don't force it. Let it figure out it's thirsty on its own time. I can't control when I'm thirsty. I can't control when I'm hungry. Stop. Mm. You get what I'm saying? And that's how it be. That's an interesting point. And when I and what's so crazy is when I said it the first time ever, it blew my mind because I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I actually made some sense, but I get what it means because sometimes those old sayings you got a question. Am I lying? True, for sure. It'd be a lot of ones I'd be like. And two things can be true at the same time. Okay, look, I read this book, and this is this is one of the few books that ever changed my entire existence. It showed me to be me no matter what. And it's called On Being Human by Jennifer Pasoloff. And to this day, like, this woman is my idol. She is my, she's probably like one of the reasons I am who I am. Mm. Literally. And one of the reasons is, two reasons. Her life is crazy. To even talk about her life, like I was saying, it's about to even describe, see, grimy. It's disrespectful. It's almost like I'm going to leave something out. Oh, thank you. And I don't want to leave anything out, so I want y'all to just read that book. But the second thing that blew my mind about her, which is also why I love the artist Frida Kahlo, mm -hmm. is because multifaceted. She tell people, don't put yourself in just a box. So I can be nice and I can be mean. I can be tired and I can be productive. I can be everything. So for the fact that you just saying or, why are you saying or? It need to be end. Mm, and. Exactly. Like, why do we limit ourselves? Why do we categorize? Because who put this categorization with this stuff? Exactly. It don't make no sense. I agree. And with Frida Cologne, she was one of those people, like she's an artist. That's me. Okay. One of her things is, she's multifaceted. She stays saying like, Yes, I'm a painter and I'm a bitch. I love flowers, but I hate weeds. I hate that. Like, she always said, I love this, but I hate this. But I love this, but I hate this. But I'm me. That's just what I am. And she's known as a feminist because of that. And it's like, one thing about it is like, don't limit yourself like you were saying. Because you can be everything. Just like how you doing right now. You're the jack of all trades. You and can, it's, it's funny what people label us as or consider us or what group they put us in. But I, I always, it's what you consider yourself. Who are you? You know what I'm saying? When you start describing yourself, that's who, that's who you are to me. Because I'm not going to tell a person who they are, what they are. Mm -hmm. I can I can categorize them for what I know for what they do or who I think they are. But if a person tells me I'm an architect, Motherfucker, you architect. I don't care about licenses and you know, accreditations. <laughs> That's what you say you are. That's what you are. And I might debate you on why I think you aren't, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you that you aren't if that's what you say. Exactly. It's like, all right, you might be one, but you might just be starting off. You might mm -hmm. be just leaping off the porch then, mm -hmm. kind of thing. But I ain't gonna doubt you. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna doubt you. I'm not gonna tell you what you can and can't do because I would be pissed off if somebody can tell me. What I can and can't do. Especially if you can articulate what makes you you, then don't tell me, no, you ain't that because of this. Like, all right, do you think, huh? Okay, so all my people know, everybody know this. 
I'm big on poetry. Mm. And likewise, when it comes to poetry, it's crazy because I've always said I can, I can't express myself good, but I can write good. I can, I can't tell somebody how I feel, but I can write a poem, pretty sure, kind of thing. I've always been one of those people who can like write in alliterations and similes and metaphors. That's just me. So when it comes to the artistry, and even though people have told me this, and even though it's probably simple to like grasp, it wasn't for me. You know how you get just like see things. I didn't realize how similar poetry and music is. So I remember when I first started poetry, no, not even first started poetry. When I first started it back up here in Chattanooga, one of the first places I went to was Clyde's. Mm. And uh, I love y'all so much because I literally went there and it was open mic nights. They don't have poetry nights, open mics. And I'm like, hey, you guys, see, I want to hear poetry. Okay, cool. And I'm saying it like, you know, I'm just hoping like they'll mess with me because in reality, open mics is just for music. Not just for, but the and main. Most of them are, yeah, people think music when they think open mic. It's the main attraction. So, yeah, unless but, it's specified. Exactly. When it had a little description where yeah. open to anything. But majority of the places, I mean, majority of the places I've seen before I found the place I go to now, I couldn't find anything. It was just open mics. I'm just begging open mics, hey, y'all wanna hear me? Y'all wanna hear me? Or whatever, like that. So, Clyde's was the one place that I really, really felt at home. Okay. I was just like, okay, even though y'all here for the games, music, when I talk, y'all pay attention to me. I like that. Okay. Even if it's not everybody, I love the people who do. And when y'all do, y'all know my words, y'all know my lyrics. So one of the regulars there, they go, hey, you ever thought about putting music in the background? I could play bass because he used to play at the open mic sometimes. Mm-hmm. Play like guitar. And I'm just, well, bass. I don't know exactly the... Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You know, it's different ones, but I don't know, whatever. But it's a bass guitar, right? And like, y'all, I know I could do it, but I was scared. Never thought about it or anything like that. It's like, play on the back. I mean, I play in the background, and you just say your poem. And I'm like, no. Mm Mm-mm. Not gonna do it. Like, it don't make no sense. And when I say it don't make any sense, I say that meaning... I'll do karaoke. I'll sing somebody else's song. I'll do it, have lyrics on the screen, everything. Knowing the other people can know if I say the lyrics wrong. They don't know if I'm going to say my poetry wrong. But I'll do it in front of them. So that's what I mean by ridiculous. Mm. But I was like, no, no. It's probably like maybe, what, this happened This happened in September. And when you guys see this, this is going to be in June. So, literally, March is when I worked up enough courage. Y'all know my episode around. That was the first time I actually put music behind my poetry. And I didn't realize how it coincided. Mm, Took it to another level, huh? It took it to another level. That's why I really want you to talk about how did you get into this music stuff? How did you, like, the words, where it started? For sure. Talk, put the spotlight, and I want to know yeah. everything. Um, so, uh, early as, I don't even want to put an age on it, but just for context. Right, don't sake. crack. We don't put ages on nothing no more. 
No, no, no. I'm just saying. I, I don't know exactly what how old I was, but uh, maybe eleven, maybe earlier, maybe nine, ten. Really? I that would, young? Yeah, I was. I would like make up these little short, uh, kind of like hooks, and and I would always, I would always remix like songs on the radio. A uh, shout out my mom's. My mom was a radio DJ in Clarksville, the uh, only DJ, the only radio station at the time in the the nineties and two thousands that played uh, fucking R and B and hip hop. She was like. Oh the VJ, yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So you know the the performance art goes way back. My pops DJed and tried to rap for a little minute in the in the eighties when rapping was was a baby. Um, <laughs> but I used to I used to remix songs on on the radio and shit. And uh, then I started like making my own hooks. And then middle school, I had a uh, I took this class, creative writing, and my uh, teacher encouraged me to write. Just whatever about whatever journal, creative writing, fiction, nonfiction, and I would just I, I would just wrote wrote wrote. Kind of started off with like stories about what was going on and like little poems, and then uh, evolved into like writing raps and did a did a talent show in uh like maybe ninth grade, and that's when I fell in love with performing as well. So coinciding to writing and creating lyrics to performing. And uh man, since then we would get in the booth. Uh shout out to the plug. He had the studio out in East Brainerd. So, you know, he had a nice little house and a studio in his basement garage area. So we would go out there and we was young and dropping dope ass records and taking them back to the community and at, at, at that time, it was just like a creative ho- hobby, you know, mm-hmm. and then looking at the entrepreneurs and idols that we we all know and love in the hip hop industry. It was yeah. like, you know, we can do that shit. You know, why not? And uh, we kind of started late in the mixtape era. So, you know, burning CDs and selling them. And, and you know, that was part of uh getting out there my, my journey as a young man just getting out there not only I love it. I am love i it. seeing other places but i got a book bag full or a trunk full of uh, cds and um, i'm making connections that's a that's a, a, a big reason how i got a little notoriety popularity and, and respect in the industry just making these different connections not being afraid to be like hey i'm see grimy and i rap and this is where you can find me and this is my mixtape and what y'all doing where can we Perform at where the yeah, open yeah. mics at where the where the venues at that that do up and coming underground shit and uh, yeah so all the way early as elementary school and then having people parents and teachers and guardians and uncles and aunties and cousins and all of that shit uh, uh, uncles and, and 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 big nieces and big cousins man encourage. Your, your, your little people to be creative, man. When you see when you see the spark in them, encourage them. My, my mama encouraged me. My dad encouraged me. They wanted me to always, you know, That's crazy. do do what do what I love. Be practical and, and make sure you get money some type of way. I've it's hard being people, a starving artist. Yeah, but, I've known people who say no. Yeah, no, yeah, but you know, never, never stifle. Never, never try to put out that fire. In a, in a creative young man, you know, you never know who you have, especially if that young and is willing to lock in and work on 
say hobby or craft, you know, you know, everybody don't make the NBA. But if you got a youngin that's willing to put in the work, shoot the shots, be in the gym, work out, be disciplined with his diet and his body, encourage him until he can reach his plateau, which may be that the, the highest of heights, you know, encourage that artist to do the same. It's almost like the reassurance and the appreciation that kind of help mm-hmm. to get to that next level. You know, but, it's uh, like we can do it. And, and so even, did you, you had to, you had the reassurance and that appreciation. Most definitely. Like, it's, it's, yeah. you know, perspective, like you said, everybody's going to have their perspective and their uh, reservations and their, their opinions. Uh, but luckily, yeah, I had, I had people in my corner who, who encouraged me and, and said, you know, do your thing. See, and I think that's why it's so important to have a team and a support system because it's not even that it's needed to get the job done because you can get it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like it gives you that extra the little pat on the back. And that pat on the back, is when it's enough strength, it's a push, to be What's honest that? with you. And you may be the engine, but nobody, no matter how, nobody does it by themselves. Mm. And, and, and you need some wheels. You need some wheels. You know what I mean? You need a backseat. Nobody gets it done by this. Eventually, you're not an engine. Might, the engine going to take you so far. But if you want to go all the way down the road, you know what I mean? You need those parts. And, and, and that, that support system will happen organically if you surround yourself with good people, good energy. And, you know, family always don't mean DNA. You know what I mean? Your tribe is your tribe. And and, and you it, you really got to be selective with your time and your energy. So if you surround yourself with good people who are have a common goal or a common drive, you know what I mean? You know, you, you'll, you'll have organically, you'll get that support system. And that's just honestly how it is. And I don't know. If you guys know, but like I was saying, he's a jack of all trades. Mm -hmm. And this man is an activist. And I cannot wait to get into it because one thing about it is he has a whole community behind him. And with that being said, you guys are going to have to wait until next week to hear the rest of this episode. I know, I know, such a cliffhanger. But if you guys want to get like a little sneak peek and get a visual of this episode or even check out a snippet of it earlier, you can always subscribe to my premium episodes. It's only $2.99 a month. You guys get to get the little, you know, VIP treatment. It's definitely worth it. But... Until then, enjoy your day.